You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to 90S124. We have a special guest star, but only for the intro. Sarah, what do we talk about in this podcast you're not a part of? You guys talk about wrestling with politics. Scott not making pictures of Kanye with words of Trump yet. I assume that it's coming. I better better see this by New Year's. Keep going. President something, the murder president, and Prince of Pot. <laughs> then we talk about Westworld. We talk about Preacher. We talk about Pretty Deadly. We discuss the Suicide Squad Extended Edition. And we add three movies to the lists. Coraline, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Harry Potter and the Goblin of Fire. Finally, we're getting to Harry Potter. Everybody's been waiting for us to rate Harry Potter. Our social media has been exploding with (laughs) add Harry Potter to the list. We added two ones. You know, the third and the fourth one. Those ones. As you do. Ah! And John's report on seeing Winter Blockbuster Rogue One, a Star Wars story. John, oh. John's the only one of us who saw it because he's the only one who's been able to get out of the without the Christmas stress. Yeah, the, you know, the Christmas stress. Uh, John isn't here because of Christmas stress. I presume, okay, what I'm imagining, what I'm imagining is that John w- is um, wants to buy us the best presents. No. He hasn't No, yet. I just figured it out. What? He accidentally killed Santa Claus. Oh, shit. And he has to become the new Santa. Rules of the Santa Claus with an E. Yeah, he's getting all <laughs> fat and jolly and shit. That he's is like, what's going he's on. He's like, oh, shit, Christmas dress. I've grown a full beard, which we know he can't. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. And he's putting on a ton of weight. He's like, I tried to go to keto. <laughs> he just uh, keeps eating milk and cookies. Oh, he can't stop. Anyway, so yeah, so um, the review of the Star Wars film... Uh, Rogue look for War. it. Look for it in writing on a, on nine to five. <laughs> look for it in writing. Uh, John's, John will put that John, John's written review of Star Wars Rogue One. Exhaustive review. Uh, will come. I'm guessing 2019, 2020. Maybe when. Maybe when we're really when we're wrapped up. When we're wrapped up on Star Wars. Uh, so anyway, yeah. um, I've realized that we can talk about politics because John's not here. Uh, are we starting with uh, Linda McMahon? Nomination? We're going to go to Rick Perry, Rex Tillerson. Rex Tillerson. That's uh, a one-two-three punch right there. <laughs> Hilarious. And what? Oh, who's the other guy? They nominated um the guy from uh, the, Panthers. the Panthers. Yeah, exactly. The owner of the Florida Panthers yep. as Secretary of the Army. Army. Now, to be fair, he is uh, a former Army Ranger and yeah. a graduate of the yeah. U.S. Military Academy. Mm-hmm. So at least, but he's also a hockey owner. Yeah. Hilarity. But not not as funny as former uh, board member of the WWE, Linda McMahon. As secretary of small business. Did you see the thing on Squared Circle where this is a joke for, I guess, only our wrestling fans, where they were like, Dixie Carter nominated as secretary of even smaller business. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh, that must have really pissed off uh, Billy Corgan. Yeah, well, you heard about that? That like that he's yeah. now he's out now completely. Well, he like, lost his lawsuit. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so he's done. I did, okay, we can talk about that super briefly. Did you hear about what TNA did last week? Uh, their deletion, total nonstop deletion. So if you've been following wrestling, which I feel that if you're listening to this podcast, you have not been, but you have been listening to this podcast, which means that you are like tangentially aware of wrestling. Um. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, formerly the Hardy Boys, Team Extreme from WWE, have been for the past year or so embarking on these Matt Hardy 
now has an accent. He speaks with like a hilarious like southern affectation, which doesn't really make any sense because he's from like North Carolina. He pretends to <laughs> understand Spanish, even though he can't. He has a shock of white hair. He knows how to play the piano now, and is apparently was close personal friends with Stradivari, and only refers to his brother Jeff Hardy as brother Nero. And they've been filming these vignettes on their compound in North Carolina. Uh, and they've been complete insanity. And, like, they would be have, like, TNA would be showing their normal wrestling show where people wrestle in the ring, and then they would cut away to these vignettes, which are, were, like, completely bad shit. Like, people would fall into a lake and come back as characters, like, the, like older gimmicks that they used to wrestle as. Uh, I feel like you should start off with them shooting bottle rockets at each other. Constantly. Every time they've done one of these vignettes, it has culminated, or not culminated, but, like... There's a big spot of them at, shooting there's bottle a big rockets spot at each other. <laughs> Firing fireworks at each other for fun. Hiding behind a boat. <laughs> a dilapidated boat. Yeah, they've <laughs> built a graveyard. Yeah, a graveyard for their enemies. They, t- Jeff Hardy does tons of giant lawn s- landscape symbols that like are only viewable from the sky for these things. Which is fine because they film a lot of this stuff with like a $200 drone. That called called Vanguard One, who's like is sentient. In and, the and has Terminator vision a lot. Yeah. It's bananas. Anyway, so for their Christmas episode, they decided that the Hardys were the only ones having fun with this. So they decided that the whole company could have fun with it. And they had total nonstop deletion featuring an all-new match type, which was Tag Team Apocalypto, where any tag team could challenge from t- throughout time and space. They put an open challenge out to any tag team not with the company, not with TNA. Yeah. And offered to go wrestle in their promotion yeah. as a return. Yeah, and they've they, and they've also I mean like I, I can't remember even who who all showed up, but there were some indie guys who did show up in the video, and you're just like, who are these people? And you're like, who knows, indie dudes? Like it obviously the core of the story was um, the, the Hardys with the Hardys and Decay, like and also the uh, the Helms dynasty, which is like another thing in TNA because mm-hmm. Gregory Helms, formerly Hurricane Helms now is the Helms dynasty, which is, like, in itself hilarious, because he's not a dynasty. He was the hurricane. <laughs> anyway, so it's like, yeah. like Did he t- show up with Rosie? Because that would be a dynasty. No, but he yeah, did I'm, I'm fall into the lake and transform back into Hurricane, and at which point he was no longer against the Hardys. He was with the Hardys. Huh. <laughs> so he transformed. Makes sense. <laughs> exactly. So that did happen. Anyway, complete and total insanity. They threw a guy into a volcano. As you do. And he explodes out of the volcano and then like has, like, terrible, terrible effects of, like, flying through the air, kind of like uh, Doctor Strange left style. And then, like, falls down to the ground with, like, ash on his face going, like, <laughs> with, like, smoke <laughs> comes out of his mouth because he obviously got blown up out of a volcano. Uh, Abyss straight up kills a man and, like, goes, like, <laughs> and, like, breaks the neck. And, like, one of the wrestlers is, like, you killed a man. <laughs> it's just, like. It's basically, like, the 1983 action movie equivalent of modern wrestling kind of yeah it's so it's like a little bit commando it's a little bit uh, evil dead it's a little bit but it's like it's even it's it's so far over the top like at one point so so gregory helms is sitting there and he's like transformed into the hurricane now and so him and matt double team the helms dynasty and then like throw them into their graves (laughs) and then have shovels and start burying them (laughs) <laughs> and then they, they, like, they high-five each other, and they were like, even the man of three H's would be jealous of how quickly we buried these young talents. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, ah! <laughs> like, so much, like, tongue-in-cheek, like... It's basically a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, exactly. It's like as if you and your Mark buddies just, like, decided to make a YouTube video, like making fun of wrestling it, this would come out and it's like fucking amazing like <laughs> it's so good i watched the first two they were fun i haven't seen yeah yeah, yeah. apocalypto is like a whole other thing he makes his <laughs> oh yeah he enters his baby who's like just toddling into a notice qualifications match <laughs> and it's just the gardener just hits the other guy with the taser and then puts the baby on top <laughs> gets the pin <laughs> so he's und- his, the baby is undefeated, undefeated. in tna there's <laughs> no dq uh, uh, that was still not the worst wrestling match TNA has put out in the last year. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you would not be surprised. Uh, not the and definitely not the worst wrestling that I watched this weekend because I watched Roadblock End of the Line from WWE, which was just a colossal waste of time. 
just. I heard the tag match was good. The tag match, match was, was good. Tag match was cool, and the last match was cool. Everything else was so weird and bizarre, and just like ugh, I don't even want to waste time talking about it. It's the it's part of the brand split, right? Yeah, so it was a raw only. Yeah, it's the pay-per-view. raw only one. They had Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn in a survive ten minutes match, where if Sami Zayn could survive for ten minutes, he'd win. Which is like that's not how you win. That's maybe at best that's how you get to a draw. Like you might be yeah, like you set up a match to a ten minute time limit and uh, goes to a no contest. Yeah, or whatever. And then, but like, and then three of those minutes is like Mick Foley comes out with a towel, like a physical towel, to throw in the towel as GM because he doesn't want Sammy to like go on anymore because he's been so brutalized. But he wasn't really. He just been hit by a bunch of clothes on. Like he was selling like Sammy Zayn sells, so it looked like he was dying. But if you're like, wait a second. I'm like, also, why Mick Foley? No, because that's the angle now. Yeah, but like, of all the historical wrestlers you could have worried about the safety of someone else. Right, no, but that's the angle, though, is that like Mick Foley's like, I don't want you to end up like a me. A former heavyweight champion, now general manager. Barely walk and is visibly brain damaged. (laughs) Like, so what? He wants him to end up like Brutus the Barber Beefcake? Triple H. I feel like that's kind of what everybody wants to end up as. I feel like there's only one McMahon daughter. <laughs> Sammy's pretty young, though. There's like the grandkids. That's really gross. Saying. That'd be a weird thing for... When Sammy's like 50, those kids are going to be in their 20s, is what I'm saying. That would be a weird thing for Mick Foley to be angling Sammy towards. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, it was weird. Charlotte and... Uh, Sasha Banks. Sasha did the first ever slash... On main roster because NXT already did it. I think earlier this year with Bailey and Sasha, an Iron Woman match of thirty minutes, uh, and it was like, this is the fifth. No, this is the sixth time they fought, and neither of them have ever retained against the other one. So they just been swapping the title back and forth, which I'm like is hard to get excited about, even if the match is good. Right. Because it was like what, and they're like, and they're keeping Charlotte is undefeated on pay per views. Which means, I guess, Sasha's undefeated on title defenses on Raw. Like, it's just like it's fucking. It's really, it's really weird. It's just like very bizarre. And and I fi- and everybody, the internet has basically come to the agreement that the reason they're doing these title swaps really back and forth is they're trying to get her close to Rick's uh, title reign. Yeah, exactly. So they can be like, just like her daddy. And I was like, that's dumb because that's very fast. Very dumb. I was like, because six, his 16 title reigns took 30 years. Yeah. And she's already, I think, a five-time champion. So, all right. Well, you know what? If you're just going to keep her there to, like, put her at the Booker T level, I'm okay with that. Five times. Five times. Five times. Yeah. Like, if she started saying that, and Rick was all like, but that's not my thing. And then Booker T came out, like, I'm a manager. Yeah. Uh, well, as it, is, as it is, she already turned her back on Rick. And Sasha now Rick and Tell me you didn't just say that. And Rick uh, Rick endorses Sasha now. It's just it's weird. Anyway, Jericho and Rollins was fine. Now, having read the reviews and I do follow if I'm not watching everything, I think my favorite wrestling story is having the top heels of the company, their driving plot line through all of twenty sixteen is friendship. <laughs> There's something about that core idea no i like that not just just even saying that the two top heels are best friends their their driving plot line throughout the whole year is that they're best friends it makes me all warm and fuzzy and everyone's like they're gonna break up inevitably because they're heels and they're like no because we're best friends and that means something (laughs) it's amazing i love that either way i feel that it 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 lives up to the hype of a pay-per-view in the middle of december (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we're like, ah, let's 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 be real. We're we're in a holding pattern until Royal Rumble. Like that's that's what WWE does. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so like that's Royal Rumble is still the best pay per view of the year. So pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this year they already have they have like they, they've actually been building to an angle in the Royal Rumble early, which is interesting. Like the the Lesnar. Lesnar and Goldberg are the the one two going in, so that's exciting. Oh man, 
Except it's not. Like, there's no way Bill Goldberg can go 60 minutes. No, they're going to eliminate each other. Like, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. But, I mean, like, like it's they're still building to the Rumble <clears throat> in advance, which is, like, it's, it's, like, you know, setting new ground for WWE. Like, even just reading about WWE stuff, I'm just on Team SmackDown, so all the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's just, it's, it's a, so much such a better show, and I don't even know. Moving on. Scott, so back back to on? politics. We were talking about American politics. Yeah, Linda McMahon. Uh, that is super weird. Like, I know they have a history and they know each other, but... Yeah, and she's a Republican too, right? Like, Right? But is she the Republican for that? Like, what know. small business has she ever run that wasn't a multi-millionaire, million-dollar media corporation that has had several Yeah, but I don't think... I really don't think... If I'm, if I'm being real... I really, really don't think that any minister of small business has ever really been like, oh, I came from a mom and pop show, and then the president gave me a job. I think they've all been millionaires, you know, like. Okay, but like lots of failing spinoffs, though, like lots of them. Yeah, but like mostly successful. I mean, like you can't just judge Linda on the XFL. I don't think that was her thing. Yeah, but the world bodybuilding thing that was. I don't think that was her is. thing either. <laughs> like Coliseum Home Video, that 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 was that's gone bankrupt. Um, I'm not saying this is like a lot of like red X's going down her list. More or less than Donald Trump's. But, uh, Donald <clears> Trump's <throat> like failed steak business, <laughs> where he could and buy university and stuff. Yeah, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. None, none of the none of the nominations that he makes are going to be any kind of surprising me. I'm just sad that that big meeting with Kanye was just a meeting. I really that he's thought not that was going to be a little, ah, man, you know? But I mean, but to be, you saw, you saw what Kanye tweeted after that though, right? Okay, so. Yes. <laughs> you did. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the story, um, Kanye West shows up with his hair dyed blonde, no less. So, okay, hang on. I guess you have to back this up. So Kanye West had some kind of a mental breakdown a couple weeks ago and just canceled, like canceled the show, then canceled his whole tour. Mm-hmm. And then has been kind of like, I need my time, I need my space, whatever, blah, 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 eh, whatever. I mean, I guess, like, mental health going to be mental health. And it's the season for those kind of stresses. Right. And um, then it's kind of been, like, taking a little step back from the public eye. Shows up last week, or whatever it is, with dyed blonde hair <laughs> for, like, a personal meeting with Donald Trump. Because that's what you do when you're Kanye, is you do that. And <laughs> you just, like... So... And then he shows up, and they, like, had a little talk. And was this during the Aleppo evacuation? Like, No, it was before that. But it's like it was around the same time, though, right? Like, like I mean, like, I mean there was certainly still, like, like, definitely there's still a crisis in Syria, was what I'm saying. And, yeah. And just the president being like, I'm just going to have Kanye West up. Or president-elect, I should say, have Kanye West up to Trump Tower. And then they meet, and they do whatever. And... Kanye West tweets, hashtag 2024. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I guess implies that he's going to hold off on his presidential nomination to let Trump do eight years because he's like, oh, I just talked to him and I want to let him run the show for eight years. Which sort of breaks my heart. Because you were, you, were, you were really holding out for Kanye 2020? Oh, yeah. I mean, if John can be pro-Trump, <laughs> I feel like I can be pro-Kanye here. Anybody can be pro-Kanye. And, uh, you know, Mike Pence might not be available for all eight years. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Uh, like Trump West? Trump West. That sounds like... 2020? That sounds like a bumper sticker I would put half of on my car. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I guess the nominations are fucking crazy, is basically the end of the story. Rex Tillerson is the one that, like, blows my mind. Like, for all the dumb nominations, like, what's his name there? The guy... uh, Rick Perry? Rick Perry. Rick Perry is a pretty bad one, man. Secretary of Energy, who does not know anything about energy. Like, the the, the last three Secretaries of Energy all had PhDs. One of them won the Nobel Prize. (laughs) Yeah. And, And... Rick Perry, like, when he was running for president, said he would shut down the Department of Energy. Yeah. No, it's craziness. And what's his, um, anyway, what, what's the guy, the guy who, uh, his, the guy who's going to be giving the military briefings? Uh, 
Secretary of Defense? Yeah, not the Secretary of Defense. There's like a, a guy who's just like in charge of taking all. Not the Secretary of Defense. He actually makes decisions. But there's like there's a guy whose job it is is to take all the reports from the various agencies and then like regurgitate it back to the president. And it's not actually a secretary, but it is like it's a it's a posting. That guy is like that like a that general who is who's been caught leaking information and also spreading misinformation. Like the chief of staff. Chief of staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And you're like, what? That's the guy you want after being like, anyway, complete, complete craziness. Uh, just just imagine if Kanye West is the the media representative, the guy who yeah, like Cal Penn. You got no, not not like Cal Penn, the, the the guy who does all the press conferences. Oh, like yeah, like the um, uh, what's that, that position called? The Metatron. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if the you Metatron the name, of United States. If you change the name of the position to the Metatron. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I'm just, or like Yeezatron. Secretary of Yeezy. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so but yeah, Rex Tillerson is the one that just, you're just like. Like, all of them are, like, bad, obviously, like, one-sided decisions and all that stuff. But then Rex Tillerson, CEO of ExxonMobil, who has, like, directly suffered from the uh, trade sanctions that the United States put on Russia by, like, there was, like, a, a deal that exists that fell through because of the trade sanctions for $500 billion with Russia. And now he's the Secretary of State. And you're, like... Oh, but those trade sanctions can't by remove, be removed by anybody, except for probably the Secretary of State. I mean, like maybe the Secretary of State couldn't do it himself, but like he could strongly recommend to the president that you should remove those sa- sanctions. Ah, it's just it's it's miraculous. It, yeah, I mean, how did that happen? Would would Russian hackers uh, help? It's just uh, wow. It's just wow. It's it's. Like, of all of them, you're like, I mean, like, obviously he's going to put him as right-wing cronies. Like, I'm like, obviously. But I'm like, you're just, that is like a black and white, this man is about to make $500 billion because of a position that I gave him in the government, making a deal with Russia. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're just like. Now, let, let's switch over to international politics, because as bad as that is, I don't know if you've read any of the news about the president of the philippines uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah who who admitted in an interview this week or in a fundraiser no, that he likes killing people <laughs> he killed people and not only did he kill people <laughs> he killed people as an example to the cops in his city that they can do it if he can do it yeah because that <laughs> shit is batshit crazy it's so crazy Oh man, I feel like I was talking about this with uh with Sarah. Like I feel I feel guilty that 2016 has been like a banner year for me on a personal level. <laughs> like you know, I'm like doing well at work and pretty much enjoying my job, got married, buying a house, and then you're like the rest of the world, oh, we're going into the shithole right now. Just all of your favorite celebrities are dying and uh Donald Trump is president and world leaders are bananas. And I was like, great. Okay, but there's there's bananas, and then there's admitting you're a vigilante killer. Is Batman? <laughs> no, he'd be Punisher. My bad. He's, he's the Punisher. Yeah, he's President like, Punisher. So insane. Speaking of police messed up. officers, local news. We transition. Pivot. Hey, that was sound effects board. Uh, change gears before we turn that corner. Yeah. Um, cannabis culture. Yeah, 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 it's the Prince of Pot. The Prince of Pot, uh, Mark Whats-His-Face. So, have you been fo- have you followed the whole thing and what's been what he's done in other provinces? Yeah, yeah, it's great. He's uh, basically calling the federal government the task for their promises to legalize. Right, and and, and and also like subsequently, like so, his whole thing is that he opens up these stores that sell marijuana accessories and also straight up marijuana. Like, you can go in there and buy marijuana. You don't need a prescription. You don't need anything. You can just go and, and buy whatever strain you want and just have a good time. And his whole thing is he's like, well, the prime minister said it would be legal, so it can. And it's like a it's, an, it's like a knowing act of civil disobedience. And he's also like, I'm going to declare taxes on my sales of this marijuana. Everything is going to be recorded. Is there tax on? On a recreational drug, yeah. Yeah, but like it's you, also like if I don't you buy you, lettuce, you don't pay tax. I don't know if you would have to pay tax, but I mean there might be like 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 there will be a tax, tax on marijuana. 
I don't know if he's charging tax, but he will have to pay taxes on the income he gets from yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know if you will. Okay. I don't know if you the buyer. It's not a sales tax. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's but just a, the, the the business tax. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. He'll pay taxes owner. on his sales of marijuana and all that. And like, and part of his whole point too is he's like, listen, uh, if you, the cops are going to bust me, they should probably spend their resources busting all the illegal, like the people who are not paying their taxes on their marijuana sales like that's tax evasion you know <laughs> like everybody who's selling pot right now is guilty of tax evasion that's what got capone <laughs> right yeah. anyhow uh, and he's had like a certain success with these stores like apparently he has like a store in bc that they've shut down a couple times and opened up a couple times and at this point it's just like allowed to operate with like kind of a blind eye i don't know what he was hoping would happen in Montreal, if he was hoping for something similar, because, like, Montreal and police leniency are, like, not things that go together very well, like, well <laughs> in my mind. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is going to end pretty badly. And it was, like, two days later, they're busted, shut down, he's arrested. Like, got released today. He was released. So, like, I don't know what the story is. And I also don't really know how I feel about it all because I'm like until I I get the point and I understand that like his whole his main deal is uh, like making headlines and like starting the discussion and I'm glad that somebody's doing that because it's like it has been a year that Trudeau was in office and it's not legal yet and it's not legislative and like we had uh, you're not sure how you feel about it well no 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 I don't I'm not sure how I feel about him opening the store I I know I I know I feel I'm pro legalization okay but I'm not sure about what else did you think was going to happen when you opened up a store that was still selling a banned substance? Like, I was like, I'm making an act of social disobedience by selling AK-47s because I'm a pro-gun right activist. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's like a, sh- there's like okay, a well, crappy me, gray line let me, there. Let me, let me put that line in ink then. Do you know anyone who likes owning assault rifles? Yeah. Are you, are you for their ability to purchase assault rifles? I mean, they're okay people. I mean, like... All right. So, like, you're cool with that. Yeah. I mean, if the right people, I don't really care, but I'm like, I just think that you shouldn't make it easy to get assault rifles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you know anyone who's, like, really into pot? Yeah. Are you okay with their ability to purchase pot in Not general? all of them. <laughs> Are you okay with them to purchase pot from uh, but, like, drug no. organizations? No, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I, I 100% understand that, yes, I'm like, I'm pro-legalization, I'm Pro legislation. I want my buddies. So, like, you're fine with them buying pot from it's the Hell's Angels, just not so much from a protest. No, store? and I'd I'd prefer them to buy it from a protest store also. But I'm saying, but like, but the end of the the like, if you're reading the black and white, you're like, I opened up a store selling illegal goods, and I was like, well, yeah, then you got busted. Like, well, I mean, like, what about those t-shirt shops in the mall where they print like fucking Star Wars t-shirts? They they're not licensing that shit are you like anti them kind (laughs) of no but like it's the same thing of like what got like like the the whole the t-shirt because they're in every mall yeah and i i get you walk into a mall you're just like oh man i could get a game of thrones t-shirt just print it out for me right now yeah and they will I, I understand that, and that's also illegal. And I'm like, and you're kind of asking for it. Yeah, but the, the cops aren't there arresting those folks every. Well, yeah, that's days. what I'm saying. I mean, like, maybe they are, man. Maybe that's maybe that's a protest we just don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> right to parody T-shirts. It's not always parody, though. Yeah, sometimes it's just like straight up oh, logo. Just... Yeah, I like I said, I I f- I get it, and I understand that I'm glad for the protest, but it's just like it's kind of a bummer. I feel more upset that they're selling like really like bad parody T-shirts. Like Reefer King. I'm like, that's not even a good Burger King joke. <laughs> Game of Bones. It's like a dick. <laughs> that's, that's not funny. That's mm. just sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, like, I, I, I'm I, pro what they're up to, and I'm happy that they're doing it. I'm just like, I was like, what did you think was going to happen is kind of my, like, my take. I was like, well, it's Montreal cops going to Montreal cop. Did you see the amazing – anyhow, so long story short, yeah, he got let out, and hopefully he's pushing the conversation forward. And, like, we had um, we had his, uh, John Vergados on uh, Go Plug Yourself. He's the uh, – Everyone's already heard that, yeah. Yes. He's the editor of uh, Skunk Magazine and Highway, I want to say, another magazine. And he was just talking about some of the One issues. of those is a good name for a 
marijuana publication. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the first one was they were like, yeah, and then they like started a business and they were like, we could come up with something better. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, and he was just talking about just like <clears throat> even if you're really following the way that they're looking at the legislation, it, it, it seems to be like if pot were beer, they seem to be like pro Labatt and Molson and anti microbrewery. If you're like looking at like the, the legislation that's kind of being tabled, you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. nah, I kind of want it to be a little more pro microbrewery. As opposed to just being like, do you imagine like just like all like the crappy like, oh yeah, you can get pot in depths now, but it's only the Labatt Blue of pot. <laughs> 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 and you're like, oh, cool. I guess I'll still go to my dealer <laughs> <laughs> for the like, you know. Man, can you imagine what the dealers would have to do to like up their microbrew game? <laughs> But yeah, but you know what I mean. Like they're they're saying that they're like there's an opportunity like that apparently wax all their mustaches and like <laughs> go full delivery guy from half baked. Yep. Well, I mean, I just feel that the, they'll just. But if it's not, yeah, exactly. who knows? Who knows what it's gonna look like? But at the end, but like they were saying, is they're like there's an opportunity for. Is there a pot sommelier? Is that a job? I mean, like the sky's the limit once pot gets legal, Scott. I feel you should just. Start now. Start practicing. Like a, I feel that's definitely a thing. I mean, I feel that. I mean, I don't think I could be a sommelier for pot, but I, I, I wouldn't mind one. consulting one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm feeling this, and I want to feel this. Here you go. I can help help you with the Christmas blues. Yeah, it's just like I need to, not just relieve stress, but do it with like a hint of candy cane. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So it apparently, that's I mean, that's that's another thing too is that like they they wanted to have people uh, aware, I guess, of the issues that are going on, not just with like oh, pot's going to be legal, but also like how the government's going to legalize it and what's gonna what it's going to look like. Because they were like, there's an opportunity, like a big opportunity, for it to become like a booming small business model, right? Like you could have a lot of people who like because there are a lot of people who already buy pot. There's a, yeah, but there's a lot of people who already buy pot, and if there's like depending on how you legislate it, as long as you like maintain some kind of a like a, a quality standard or whatever, it'd be pretty easy if you're like a farmer guy to be like I'm gonna sell X amount of like farmer yeah, stuff. It's like pot. loofah farms, right, where they grow the freaking eggplants on the rooftops and ship them to your door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's a, a sideways transition for them. Yeah, and exactly, and I'm like with the whole thing of like organic and grow local and buy local and all that stuff. I'm like, why would pot? Be exempt from that, but apparently the legislation that's actually kind of getting tabled in Parliament is much more like big marijuana business. by Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. Just Ugh. like big, big business, big business pot, like one size fits all. Which, I mean, like I'm not even a pothead, but I know there's like a gazillion different strains of pot that like can be had. So, I mean, guess keep fighting the good fight, Prince of Pot guy. You do you, man. And I mean, hopefully, like, like I said, as yes. I guess that this is like a good thing to get people, I guess, paying attention. Because, like, I mean, I really f- like. And when you start, when you stop and think about it, it really, really seems that you're like, oh, the government's gonna legalize marijuana. You're like, how do you think they're gonna do it? And you're like, oh yeah, by Pfizer, you know, and it's gonna be mass marketed, dried up, flavorless pot. And you're like, eh. Benson and Hedges marijuana. Exactly. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, Imperial you- tobaccos. Weed. Rio Tinto. Uh, <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> like you're like they do make metal. <laughs> They're like a steel conglomerate. <laughs> Tastes tinny. Seriously, it would probably be the cigarette companies. Mm. Like they already have fucking fields. Yeah. Why not self start planting fields? It's ah. Uh, yeah. Like, and as soon as you start thinking about it, you're like, oh yeah, that's probably how it's gonna go. <laughs> like that's what's gonna go down, and it's gonna suck. That sounds worse. Kind of. You know how cops crack down on illegal cigarettes? Way more than on marijuana. True. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be really hard to get good weed after that. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I get the. I understand the point of the protest. Huh. Uh, so what have you been watching? What have you been playing, Scott? Holy shit! I've been watching Westworld, and it is good. Uh. Westworld is really good. So, okay, Westworld, 
Yes, the HBO television series. My understanding of it, having not watched any of it, is that in the future, people go into a giant holodeck that's only the Old West to fulfill their fantasies. Okay. Imagine it's not the holodeck, and it is, in fact, all of Utah. Okay. So it's actually... So, but there's robots. Yes. So instead of making a virtual area, they just fill up the area with robots. Yes. Cool. Okay. And these robots are programmed and uh, utilized to look completely real. Right. And have all the super rich tourists Mm -hmm. uh, live and experience the Old West in a relative sense of security. Right. So, I mean, like, what happens if you get shot? Bang, I shot you. Uh, kind of like a cross between a sandbag bullet and a nerf dart hits you. Okay. Uh, the bullets themselves do not become lethal until they make contact with a robot. Okay, but then if it hits a robot, the robot's like, Bleh! Gets splattered all over the place. Nice. Like, like, you get, sh- a robot gets shot in the jaw in the first episode and blood and gore goes everywhere. Fun! Yep. But if it hits they like also a human, get fucked like, a lot. Ow! They also and get fucked a lot because it's HBO. Right. And I mean, Deadwood. Yeah. <laughs> so you go there to like gamble, drink, and I guess become like a Wild West lawman or like a Wild West Yeah, there's like robber. weird little like side quests that you can go on. Like, cool. oh, that guy just fell down in the mud. Hey, buddy, are you all right? Let me tell you all about the gold that I buried in the mountains. And then, you know, if you want, you could go off and do a little quest with him. Cool. And then things are not as it seems. Well, a recent update goes through to their AI, and they start to access um, their past loads. Because every time they get shot, or every time they they, like, reset they, they, restart, the rope. they reset it. But also, the place has been going for like 30 years, so they have recast robots in different roles. It's like, um, what do you call it? Like Dark City. A little bit. <laughs> so like someone was a, a high woman... For five years, and now they're recast as the bartender. Right. Um, because that's how stuff gets rewritten. To keep stuff fresh, to keep people coming back. And there's yeah, there's yeah. always new plots coming in. But they are giving this like up- an MMO. Like. Yeah. But they're given this update to access their past, past incarnations as sort of um, what they call reveries, which is like a, an, a subconscious ability. So like they can have daydreams about stuff or actual sleeping dreams. Right, so they're just kind of like to, to add another dimension to the characters and like the characters now dream. Right, but right. it sets off a thing where a few of them start to go into self-actualization because of it. Right, they're like, oh, I'm a robot. Yeah. Um, there's also, outside of the park, um, a level of business that is going on where the owners of the park are not terribly interested in running an amusement park, mm-hmm. as it were. So much as they are in having a genius who runs an amusement park build lifelike human robots, self-actualizing artificial intelligence, and collecting 30 years of data right. on the richest, most powerful people in the world. Right. And what they, what their motives are is something that the viewer is trying to uncover. Cool. And uh, the cast is excitingly good. Mm-hmm. With Anthony Hopkins and Jeffrey Wright and Evan Rachel Wood and Thandie Newton leading the charge. Fine. And as you watch the show, it becomes a little more apparent that you don't actually know who's really human and who's... Like Blade Runner. Like Blade Runner, a little bit like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Where you're like, that person is definitely a Cylon. That right. person, maybe, maybe, maybe a Cylon. Oh, shit. So there's a couple of reveals. I mean, like when someone gets shot and their face blows off and then they show up again the next episode, you're like, ah. Robot. That, that, that is a robot. 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 <laughs> the preferred pronunciation <clears throat> of a... I've but there's, a, there's like a level of tension in every show that is completely riveting. And there's an intelligence to it where shit is not spelled out for you. And it is not the best show for everyone. Mm. I was talking to my coworker and I was like, this show is amazing. She was like, could I eat it? Could I watch it while eating popcorn? I'm like, probably not, because you really need to sit there and listen to what they're saying. Yep. Speaking of the old West or Westerns, whatever, it's like, I don't even know if I've talked about this on the podcast. It sounds a little bit like a l- preacher. Like, I'm 
six episodes and a ten to into the ten episode series of Preacher, and it does not spell out anything. Like it's less less cohesive than the comic, like very much on purpose. But like when you're talking about that kind of stuff, where you're like, no, you need to pay attention to yeah. like everything that's happening because you're like relationships between characters are not like if a character runs into a character there's no exposition right like it's like piece together how this character is talking to that character to figure out what the relationship is there's there's just so many good things with westworld they do stuff because the robots are on loops Mm -hmm. Um, like a video game kind of like a video game like every time you go in a new player goes in they get the same kind of sense of dialogue howdy stranger yeah uh but they they do repetition in the television show a lot in the early episodes. So you can see their ability to improvise on their loops. Mm-hmm. So like one character walks out and says this thing to a one person and then they say it to another person whose reaction is a little bit different. Yeah, so they read it and change it a bit. That's super, super smart. Uh, I cannot recommend high enough. And uh, I'm anxious to get through to the end of the series. It's it's Mr. Robot season one good. It's it's True Detective season one good. Where you're like, I want to stop watching now because I want to be able to say, I can watch Westworld tomorrow. Yeah. Like I really don't don't want to binge watch through it. I have it on my on my favorites. So it's, I will. I will it is worth it. watching. All right. Ooh. Yeah. It's not Wire good, but it's maybe Wire season two three good. Hmm. That's fair. Preacher's uh, good. Like I said, I honestly don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but like. Only a little bit. Only when the trailers, I think, came out. Mm-hmm. Preacher's pretty cool. Like he, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say. If you haven't, if you've read Preacher, it's about a guy who gets uh, what he believes is this is almost like a spoiler. Like what he believes to be the voice of God, and then how, like I guess, like the church and angels and apocalypse all just kind of like reigns around that. A vampire. A vampire. Cassidy. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Jess, like it's, uh, the it's based on a comic book written by Garth Ennis. And Steve Dillon, who is another casualty of 2016. Did you know that? Hmm? Steve yes, Dillon I did know that. Steve Dillon has appendix burst. Yeah. yeah. Like, he got one season of a show. Like, he started making TV show comic money. And it's appendix burst. I was yeah. like, ah, oh, Steve Dillon. Poor buddy. Garth Ennis also wrote some of the most famous Punisher comics in yep. the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boys with yep. Eric Robertson. Uh, a lot of really gross-out yeah. action-violence comics. Yep. Which, I mean, if you if you read The Preacher, you'll, you, you know that gross-out stuff is there. They dial that back a lot in the show. Like, the, the weird gross-out. Like, our face is still there. But kind I mean, of a big character. Exactly. He's kind of kind of important. Uh, but it's like there's a lot of stuff between, like, our face and his dad and how he is at family and stuff like that. So he ends up being a lot more sympathetic. Like, because, like... You are sympathetic to Arsface's story. Like, Arsface is a guy whose face is all, like, puckered in, kind of like a butt, because he tried to blow his face off and failed. Uh, failed suicide attempt. Yeah. yeah, failed suicide attempt. And then the, apparently the best way to fix that was to give him a butthole face. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of a thing that happens with major reconstructive surgery. So. Right. I guess you kind of, like, you're like, can he talk? Yeah, success. It's good enough for now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, I mean, it's not it's not an impossible thing. But, like, you're kind of even given a lot of, like I said, like, uh, there's a whole sub-story of, with him and how he relates uh, to, like, one of the high school girls and stuff like that. Like, there's a, there's a lot more character stuff. Like, he stays in Anvil pretty much as far as I can tell for probably going to be the whole season. Whereas, if I'm not mistaken, like, within an issue or two, the church gets blown up and he bails. Like, in the comics, right? Like, very early on, he's like, later. And then just, like, Tulip story goes on and, like, whatever. So... Like, he sticks around an anvil being like, I'm going to be the best preacher in the world. Like, which is kind of, like, <laughs> kind of interesting because you're, like, <clears throat> the, like, he pretty much gives up his priestly duties instantly in the comics. Right? Like, he yeah. just goes on adventures. <laughs> you know? Like he, leaves, he leaves his parish for, yeah. first trade for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it's kind of interesting in the show for him to, like, he gets the abilities, it's all messed up, and he's like, oh, I can actually, like, be a preacher like i can be the preacher that like i've wanted to be this whole time because like presumably jesse custer became a preacher like at one point to try to redeem himself you know like because yeah. i mean if you read the comics you know he ends up into like he's a 
like reformed killer basically who then becomes a preacher but you're like that must have not just been like a choice because steve dylan wanted to draw a guy in a preacher's mm-hmm. call costume killing people you know like if you want to like yeah. go, go deeper into that he wanted to be a preacher i so mean it's right there in the title there had to be some backstory there before right the story, so right? the the show i find is like I, what i really enjoy is like takes its time being like he's trying to use this power for good like obviously it goes terribly wrong because the whole the genesis voice of god thing is not like really the voice of god like for instance it's only literal and like there's like a million things that can go wrong with it so while he like right now it's pretty cool like by episode six they're building to like he's said he's used it like enough that he's like man things are really coming together but you're like especially if you read the comics you're like they're not gonna this is gonna go horribly like you have like four or five people basically that you've like infected their day-to-day life with like the genesis you know like this is going to go out real bad real soon. So it's like they've explained how bad it can get. Like at one point they were just sort of like open your heart to your mother. But I think it was a, a gag right out of the comic, one of the misinterpretations that happens. And the right. guy like immediately books a plane ticket down to Florida, goes to see his mom, been like, preacher told me to open my heart to you. Stabs himself in the night, in the chest, as like dies as he's trying to drag his heart out of his chest on the table. You know, like you're like, that's what happens if. I saw the Wishmaster. Uh, yeah. If you're told, but exactly, but like he, like you know, he means it in a good way. He's like, "Open your heart to your mother," but nah, ah, so yeah, it pretty cool, like very, like touches all the right tones of preacher without, but like dials it back on the like Garth Ennis, gross out craziness. I would recommend. Cool. And then, also sticking with westerns, right. Because we're all with Westerns. I picked up the first trade paperback, I looked it up, of Pretty Deadly. Does that mean anything to you? No. It is a monthly ongoing series from Image Comics. Uh, The art style, like literally this was, uh, it was on discount on Comixology. Uh, It had like a high rating. I was kind of in the mood for a Western. (laughs) Like, I was like, meh, Western seems to be up. And it was just sort of like, had a high rating. One thing that stuck out to me was the fact that it was both written and drawn by ladies, which means you, you don't cool. you don't see a ton of in comics. It's true, like and especially and if you do, you're not necessarily thinking like gunsling and western comic book, like not. And I don't want I don't mean to typecast. I'm just that's how that is a thing that happens in comics. You don't often see like an author and artist duo. A lot of times you'll see one or the other. You don't often see the duo. Uh, the setup is picture if kind of like if Sandman was a Western. Okay. Like where you're like, it takes place on earth, but is mostly about people not of this earth. Like the main crux of the first trade is the, like they, 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 they spell out, it's pretty cool. They rewind it. So they, they, the first (laughs) issue they spell out what the actual setup is. There's like a, a traveling, uh, traveling theatrical performance by like a guy who has bandages over his eyes and a little girl who wears like a cloak made out of uh, like crow's feathers. And they do like a traveling like thing where they like like they set up in the center of town and make like a little show and then people like toss them nickels and stuff. And what they do is like they they tell the story of a guy who like fell in love with this girl and then wanted to keep her safe. But then locked her up in a tower to try to keep her safe. And obviously she hated him for it. So then, like, broke his love. And then when Death showed up to take her, uh, Death fell in love with her. Then ended up having a daughter with her. And before, and then they, that she eventually died. So now Death has, like, a half-mortal, half-death daughter. And... So the creative team really liked Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm saying like, there's a lot of like Sandman-y stuff there, but it's like but gunslinging westerns. Oh, so a little bit a little bit of Stardust in there and uh... much more westerny. <laughs> like it's like oh. very very oh, the Dark Tower. All right, mm, a Dark Tower. Yeah, that's not Neil Gaiman anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Gaiman plus Stephen King uh, with a female perspective lens. With a lot of um, like uh, what do you call it? Hateful Eight. Honestly, like. Like, people show up and people die, like, violently. And you're just is like... Is that movie on the list? 
God. Uh, hateful Eight isn't on I feel like we talked about it maybe a couple weeks before we did the list. Probably. But yeah, no. So that movie should be on the list. So exactly, like that. That kind of stuff is is very Neil Gaiman-y. But then, but like, but then you kind of like you take those Sandman esque kind of setups, and then you apply it to the Old West. So it's like uh, Ginny who plays Death's daughter. Like, like you speak her name, and whenever you're like there, and like Death's daughter rides on the wind, and like it's all done in rhyme, and it's super badass, and like there's like a, I guess a reaper. A reaper named Alice gets sent by the Grim Reaper to get uh, Fox, who's the guy who actually locked up the woman in the tower. Right. But then, and like, and like, the whole stuff goes down on like a, an old plantation, not a plant, not even a plantation, like an old farmhouse. But this family's just like, no, get out of here. <laughs> like, this is not for you. <laughs> like, why is this happening? You know, like, <laughs> like just like that. The old west slant into it is so like. Who's the who's the creative team? Uh, totally forgot. I pulled it up so I could say it. It's written by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick okay. and penciled by Emma Rios. Oh. Kelly Sue DeConnick is a good comic book writer. She's done a whole bunch of other work. Yeah, she. they actually teamed up uh, that same duo on the 2012 Captain Marvel series. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they. this is their project. Like, I guess they're more like indie creator owned yeah, yeah creator owned uh creator owned project good so stuff it like super cool i was like really really engaged the art style is gorgeous like emma rios like she did that like faux hockey captain marvel stuff that was, that was cool art oh. yeah i don't know if she has the exact same style but it, like everything is like put her in went from um ms marvel to captain marvel that was that series yeah with that like is, this like, is it kind of like is it super stylized sort of thing or like no no it's a, a little bit like um, Frank Quitely okay but a little bit smoother not as uh, not as bumpy yeah yeah very 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 smooth it reminds me like quite a bit of Maliev's art like uh, like the stuff that she's doing in Pretty Deadly okay like uh, like Maliev is a little more I'd say like classically done here I mean. I guess look up pretty deadly, listener, and I'm going to show this picture to Scott <laughs> so he can see the art. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, super good. Like I was, I'm probably going to pick up the second trade at some point. Here, this is the art, Scott. Boop. All right. Like. Oh, that's even darker than I thought it was. A little more stylized than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that's where you kind of get the Maliev stuff. Maybe like like. Yeah, but also some anime influences in there, especially in the inks and the colors. Yeah, looks for sure. Sweet. For sure, like there's a lot of the colors and stuff. Like when, like when the Reaper throws down with Death's daughter, it's like it's a sword fight. Like where everybody's been gunfights, but then they're just sort of like, Shing! and everyone's like, "What?" Nice, <laughs> you know. Like, and then that gets like pretty anime, like very fluid, like fluid anime lines and stuff going. How are we doing for time, Keith? We are. Uh, at 51 minutes. All right. I want to add some movies to the list real quick. I also, I wanted to, before you add movies to the list, I wanted to, uh, follow up, follow up on movie list. I watched, um, Suicide Squad. Yes. The extended cut. Yep. And I mean, More boomerang. Yeah, exactly. I was like, there's, there's a few things. Does he get a dream sequence? He doesn't. Sarah and I both had that moment where we were like, why was there no dream sequence? It could have been five seconds long of him riding a unicorn. Like a slow motion of him, like, riding a unicorn. Like, uh, like, yes. Fuck. Yes. I was like, why? I feel the budget reasons. <laughs> like, it could have been animated. <laughs> it could have just been a cartoon, a boomerang on a mango. Unicorn. It could have been him on a stuffed unicorn. Yeah. Like, at a fairground. Like an actual real fairground. Could have been. Yeah. I think we, we, we discussed this the first time we talked about Suicide Squad. But if you are uh, a long time and you listen to Suicide Squad and you sounded so-so about it, I would recommend the extended cut. Because some of Scott's gripes, which was not enough Captain Boomerang, are addressed. There's just, more. Just more characters that did not get enough screen time. Yeah, more Captain Boomerang, more Killer Croc. The bar scene that was in the trailer but not in the movie, or was very short in the movie, yeah. is like a whole scene. Like everybody kind of like gets to like sit down and have a drink. And just talk about what the heck's going on. Before, no, in the movie, that, that was... before thing. Flag shows up. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they, they have a little bit of that in the movie. Okay. They, they well, I don't out. know. When I, read, when I read the notes on the extended... They stretched uh, it out a little more. Yeah, well, quite a bit. Like, they were like, this whole bar scene is like... That was one of the better scenes in the movie. It was weird that that got cut so much. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, I mean, Diablo, apparently, like, his bit in the bar scene was cut way down. Like, he just gets, like, straight to being angry. He doesn't actually, like, have a little chit-chat before getting angry. So, yeah. More Boomerang. More Killer Croc. 
more context for Harley and Joker. And what did you think of it? I thought it was okay. Right. <laughs> that was... So like, right now, it's, like, under the Descent in Seville and over Jurassic World and Star Trek Beyond and Rubber. Like, that's a good spot for it. Yeah. It's above Rubber. I'm not, I'm not going to go and start resorting the list for the sake of Suicide yeah, yeah, Squad. Yeah, you're I would, about prob- it's in that area? It's in that area. I, I would probably put it underneath Jurassic World, honestly. Really? Yeah. I found it less stupid than Jurassic World. Yeah, but... Also... How much did they hate helicopters? Yeah, they Man, hate, they hated helicopters. They hate helicopters a ton. But no, but I mean, less stupid, but also less fun. I like, I would have like the where Jurassic World succeeded was it was having fun with the premise, and Suicide Squad needed to have more fun with the premise, mm. and and did not need did not need to be a grim DC universe story when it's the Suicide Squad and they're all hilarious in their own ways. So like, I watched three movies in the last couple of weeks, right. and I think the three movies that you've seen. <clears throat> okay. So I think we have a quick discussion, and then we can put them on the list real All right, quick. Hit it. Uh, Coraline. Coraline. Button eyes. Terrifying. Button eyes. Terrifying. Watched it with my three-year-old. Mistake. He loved it. Weird. There were parts of that movie where he was just like curling up into a ball, pulling the blankets up to his nose. And I said, do you want to stop? He said, no, no. We're going to keep watching. I guess. I can see that. Um, holds up very nicely to what you remember. There's not a whole lot of like decline in it well that's one of the i mean is it fully stop motion or is it just animated to look like stop motion fully stop motion right i mean that that's one of the things about the stop motion movies is like you can go back and watch james the giant peach or nightmare before christmas and you're like yeah like you that, did you nailed it because you took an old art form and did it to like with a big budget with a huge budget and like with painstaking detail so there's that's always going to look good <laughs> you know my favorite thing about the whole movie is that she is fully on board with her other parents right up until they say, let's sew your buttons into your eyes. Yeah. She's just like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I feel like other mother could have had her around yeah. for, for years. She didn't go ahead and like, yeah, yeah. she was, she issue. was pretty down with leading a double life. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, dark, real dark, really dark. Like, a the. Uh, a lot of the characters in the other world, just like when they start to melt down as the universe breaks apart, it's, mm. it's like, huh, this is going to be I'm hard really to explain. I'm, I'm interested in know, like, how long ago did you watch it with Archer? Uh, like, like a week and a half ago. So, like, no nightmares, no like immediate repercussions. No, nope. and and he's a kid who will let you know when something is too much for him. We started to watch Kubo and the Two Strings, yeah, which is a new fantasy one, yeah, yeah. yeah. And these two witches showed up wearing kabuki masks, and they said Kubo. We want to take your other eye. And he was like, stop. Stop. <laughs> Can we watch something else now? I would like to watch Scooby-Doo. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's that's fair because that was creepy and you don't want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. But. He's uh, right on board with Coraline. Right on board. with. Again, he's kind of a creepy horror movie kid. Mm-hmm. He likes the Scooby-Doo. He likes Goosebumps. Yeah. He's going to be better than you about horror movies. Well, until he has his own kid and the horror movies start doing horror movie stuff. But I I like scary movies. I just don't like gory movies. Yeah. It's a little different. Fair. Um, I also watched two of the Harry Potter movies All right. in the last two weeks. I watched uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Best Harry Potter. Probably the best Harry Potter movie. <laughs> and Goblet of Fire. The most Edward Cullen of the Harry Potter movies. Cullen. Uh, yeah, Goblet of Fire was pretty bad. But it wasn't, though. Because it had challenges. Because I'm, yeah, I'm it, watching my way through... The Harry Potter series, and I know what's coming. Yeah. And those last three are not great. Four. last four are not great. I count Goblet of Fire in there. Goblet of Fire, Goblet of Fire was more cohesive than, uh, like... It's got a story arc. Yeah. And and it also, it, it benefits, like, from kind of, like, Star Wars Episode One. Like, why I prefer Episode One over Episode Two is that Episode One had the pod races and the Duel of the Fates lightsaber fight. Like, for all of its crappiness, those two things are like, yeah, that's cool. And the wizard challenges were cool. You know, <laughs> like, the the dragon fights and all that stuff. Goblet of Fire, it's better than Order of the Phoenix. It's better than Half-Blood Prince. And it's definitely better than the two Deathly Hollows. I, d- I stopped watching after um, Half-Blood Prince. Not Half-Blood Prince. I stopped watching after Order of the Phoenix. That's the last Harry Potter movie I've seen. Okay. I've not seen uh, Half-Blood Prince. Because I heard Half-Blood Prince was my favorite book. Like, it was by far my favorite book, and I heard that there was, like, a 
Massacre. And then Deathly Hallows I didn't think was a great book, so why would I watch it as a like four hour long two part movie? You know, <laughs> like I was like, uh they basically find the Horcruxes and then fight Voldemort. That, and, that... and again, Order of the Phoenix is not solid as a storyline. We're yeah. training, we're training, we're yeah. training. It's like the first half hour of Rocky stretched out over two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think we need to rehash what Harry Potter was. Wow. I, did you see the movies with Mikey for Prisoner no, of Azkaban? I did not. I did not marathon every movie with Mikey the way you do. I, I, I'm completely <laughs> up to date, and there was one out this week, and I watched it. It is great. Uh, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, they talk about them uh, not being directed by Chris Columbus anymore, and how Alfonso Cuaron yeah, became yeah, the director yeah, yeah, yeah. and like made shit dark, made shit more realistic, had them not wear their uniforms 24-7. Yeah. Because they're teenagers. And, uh, you know. Literally, I have, in in a lot of ways, I have Prisoner of Azkaban tattoos, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Well, I don't know what Sirius Black actual tattoos say <laughs> so not in like a direct way but i have runes tattooed on my knuckles in uv ink because when the movie came out there was um there was actually there was a, a moving poster that if you like look at it in different angles whatever it would like be different and it was a serious black behind bars like like freaking out and i noticed that he had prison tattoos with like glyphs on the prison tattoos, and I thought that was hilarious because I was like, "Those are those are Azkaban prison tattoos." Because I was like, "That makes sense." Like, it doesn't make any sense if you think of what Azkaban is actually like. But in a magical world, a magical prison would have magical prison tattoos, right? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, "I want those tattoos." It wouldn't say Mage Life. It would. It would be written in Elvish or. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. So and that's why. And then I thought that it would. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to fully commit to getting. First of all, real knuckle tattoos, but then I discovered that you could get UV light tattoos, and I was like, "That's which even... only show up at raves." Well, not even just at raves, but just like under blacklight or whatever. But so that where else are you under blacklight? The hallway to Fuss. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, what it's planetarium? Uh, it's <laughs> they, other they, other they, magical places. They they pop up every now and then. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, like I very often forget that they're on my hands. But <laughs> magical, because you're like, oh, they're magic tattoos. And if anyone sees them, be like, what's that on your hand? And be like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about the glyphs on my hand. I did some time in Azkaban, man. It's not pleasant. But yeah, mm. Azkaban, I remember seeing it in theaters, and I was like, this is legitimately cool. It's and very cool. Also, I mean, notable work, Children of Men. <laughs> like, Alfonso Coran. Uh, uh, great Quaran. artistic director. Yeah, exactly. Like, like legit director who was like, I'm gonna, and I'm one of the most beloved books too by like Potter fans. Like they're big Azkaban. Like, yeah, because it stops being so stuffy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, everything stops, about it stops being super kitty. So uh, let's rank these real quick. Rank them. Okay. Uh, I would put. Coraline. Coraline, I think, is going to be the hardest because it's it's it's, it's our first. Okay, well let's let's go. We'll look at kiddies, kid friendly stuff. Below so the hook. first one, so it's hook there. That says below hook. It's That's like number nine. Is certainly hook. below hook. Um, I don't think it's so far down from hook though, because I'm looking at movies. I'd be put it below Stand by Me. All right, that's fine. I would put it probably above. It's X definitely Machina. above Star Wars. <laughs> I'd put it above Slow West and Ex Machina. Okay. So, uh, Funeral Kings. I would the, uh, probably put it above Funeral Kings. So, right between Stand By Me and Funeral Kings goes Coraline. Film Coraline, our brand new 14th spot movie. Next is Prisoner of Azkaban. <sighs> this is tough. This is tough because, I mean, I think we're right in that zone. <laughs> I think it's just a little bit better than Star Wars. I'm okay with that. Uh, Having rewatched both of them very recently, yeah. uh, I would rather watch Prisoner of Azkaban right now. And I've seen them both in the past month. I'd put so. Goblet of Fire below Star Wars, but I'd say Prisoner of Azkaban from memory. I would say a little above Star Wars. 
Um, so above Star Wars, how oh, do you feel? Slow West. Above Slow West. And I would say maybe below Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina was really smart. Yeah. All right, so this is going really good. Boom, boom, boom. John's the one who slows this down. God damn, he does. <laughs> now, Goblet of Fire. Below Star Wars. Ooh, I would just... I would say below a lot of these movies. I, having just seen Suicide Squad, I would say below Suicide Squad. Hmm. And be careful there. Don't let the Deadpool effect get a hold of you. Yeah, but I'm saying I would also say below Jurassic World. <laughs> Okay, yeah. No, yeah. Boo -boo, it's too late. Because <laughs> we're done the episode. I'd say below Jurassic World. Below Jurassic World. Star Trek Beyond? Star Trek Beyond. That's a good place <laughs> for it. That's a good spot for it. Yeah. Huh. Maybe yes. just above Star Trek Beyond. I mean, you're... Star Trek guy. So. Yeah, I really like Star Trek Beyond, but uh, I think Goblet of Fire does do a good job enough of keeping wrong. them enough right. Enough right. Star Trek Beyond is a little bit, uh, a little bit too facile, huh. and I think that's a good area for it. You're okay with that? I'm good with that. So under Jurassic Worlds, above Star Trek Beyond goes Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We did it, Scott. Woo! We did a nine to five entertainment system all by ourselves. Without John. It's such a good episode, this episode. Because John got the Christmas blues. I mean, John gets to listen to this episode. That'll probably cheer him up. I hope so. That's a good thing. I hope it cheers him up. This was the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Scott is at Risker on Twitter. I am at 9 to 5 CC on Twitter. Like uh, us on Facebook. Uh, share our shit if you can. Uh, uh, go on iTunes. Rate us on Stitcher. Rate us on iTunes. Yeah, those, those ratings do help. Because we have none. We need ratings to, for the algorithms. The yeah. algorithms need ratings. It's way easier to rate stuff and let strangers find us than for you to go up to your coworkers and be like, hey, you should listen yeah, to exactly. this. Yeah, exactly. We don't. Thing. You don't need to go up to your coworkers and tell Just rate us. Don't even share us on Facebook. Like, if you're going to well, no, do one of two things. Share us on Facebook. That's not bad. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. But, like, if you're too nervous, you're like, oh, I don't want to rate it on Facebook. I'm a big baby. That at least rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to, like... If you don't want to let your friends actually know that you love us, yeah, just go. You could do so anonymously on Stitcher. That, that's a thing. Or you could burn us to CD and give us out as Christmas presents. Do that. That's a good thing. There's still time, and maybe you don't have time to hit the malls. So why not? Bye, everyone. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. This is our final podcast. Bye, Sarah. No. site in general uh please take the time to like us on facebook we are number nine to five d-o-t-c-c nine to five dot c-c on facebook and uh also follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine to number five c-c on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks nine to five dot cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.